Hello, and welcome to this teaching from Calvary Albuquerque. We're excited to hear from our special guest speaker, Steve Berger, who is the founding pastor of Grace Chapel in Leapers Fork, Tennessee. As a pastor, author, and conference speaker, his ministry has been marked with purpose and passion. We pray that God uses this message to strengthen your relationship with him. If he does, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at mystory@calvaryabq.org. And if you'd like to support the ministry of Calvary Albuquerque financially, you can give online securely at calvaryabq.org slash giving. Now we invite you to open your Bibles as Steve begins the message, Courage. Good morning, family. It's great to be with you this morning. Um, I've had the privilege for nearly 30 years of watching Pastor Skip's life, um, his ministry, his leadership, and his legacy. I want to thank him for the opportunity to um, share today with, with his family, with our family, really. But it's a great honor for me to be here today. I think the world of Skip, uh, for the last 10 years, we've been able to be friends and to know each other on a personal basis. And um, I just want to commend you all. You've got a great pastor and a great man of God. And it's, uh, you all should be very happy about that. We also want to welcome all the multi-site campuses, Santa Fe and Knob Hill. Welcome everybody else who might be watching online or some other media uh, source. God bless you. We pray that God speaks to you this morning. Today I want to talk to you about courage. And um, I I had to warn the earlier service, you know, at 8 o'clock, you're kind of still just getting going, at least I am. And I had to warn him and say... You know, at 8 o'clock in the morning, hearing a message on courage is kind of like drinking out of a fire hose. And so, uh, you know, you've been up a little longer. Things are, you know, your, your, your blood's flowing a little better. But I'm still telling you, get ready, wake up for an encounter with this truth. We need courage to revisit the body of Christ in the United States of America in a huge, huge way. In the last week, um, this quote has gone around quite a bit. Um, Because of Justice Antonin Scalia's entrance into heaven, people have been talking about all kinds of different famous things that he said. And uh, a few years ago, it was about four years ago actually, Justice Scalia, in talking to a bunch of Christians, said this. He said, have the courage to have your Christian wisdom regarded as stupidity. Be fools for Christ. And have the courage to suffer the contempt of the sophisticated mind. What did Justice Scalia realize? He realized that the followers of Jesus, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that there's a massive need for courage, a resurgence of courage in our day and in our time. Now, some years prior, in fact, some decades prior, in 1978, Nobel Prize winner Alexander Solzhenitsyn said this, 1978. He said, a decline in courage may be the most striking feature which an outside observer notices in the West in our days. The Western world has lost its civil courage, both as a whole and separately. In each country, each government, each political party, and of course in the United Nations. Should one point out that from ancient times, decline in courage has been considered the beginning of the end? 
Well, friends, it's been nearly 40 years since Alexander said that. And in the last 40 years, we have seen a rapid decline in courage. And because of that, a rapid decline in the moral fabric, not just in our culture, but in the church itself. It is past time for the church of Jesus to rise with courage. You're going to hear me say this many times today. There will be no doubt when you leave here, when someone asks you, hey, what did the preacher talk about today? You're going to know right away, courage, courage. A lack of courage in the American church, a lack of courage in society, and a lack of courage in our government. It seems that we've gotten to the place where we value physical comfort and convenience more than spiritual courage it seems like far too often we are looking for that easy way out we want to hold on to lazy boy country club christianity in america and that's not what god's will is for us god's will is that we would return to first century christianity in the 21st century and live with a passion and a courage that remains faithful to jesus no matter what Without question, God would rather have us be spiritually courageous than physically comfortable. Courage, the definition of it. It means to be brave. I'm so glad we sang that song this morning. You make me brave because he does. Courage is to be brave. It's to be bold, to be intrepid when facing difficulties and dangers. I want to ask you followers of Jesus this morning, have you figured this out yet? That it takes courage to be a faithful follower of Jesus. Can I get a little hand wave? Anybody figured that out? Like following Jesus ain't for sissies, is it? It takes courage to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a prophet at all. I'm from a non-profit organization. But I'm going to tell you this. It's going to require more courage in the future than it does right now. This is an issue that the church has to settle. We need a fresh download of courage in our life, and we may need to maintain that fresh download of courage throughout the rest of our days. Courage, it is paramount in the days in which we live. Courage to trust God in difficult and or dangerous circumstances. Pastor Skip and I share a desire to minister to and, and love on our brothers and sisters in the Middle East. For the last year and a half, we've been working on it extensively, not just on local levels, but with the highest leadership in the United States government to to bring back to or bring to America, I should say, our brothers and sisters who have lost everything as a result of ISIS. I can't tell you how many times I've been there or interviewed them, looked at them face to face, tears streaming down their face. I lost my husband. I lost my wife. We lost our children. We lost our jobs and our homes. We lost everything. Why? Because they refused to deny Jesus Christ, even at the midst of the most unspeakable cost in their life. It is that kind of courage, friends, that exists in the Middle East and in the hearts of our Middle Eastern brothers and sisters that's got to visit the American church. Courage. Courage to stay faithful to Jesus, no matter what the cost. It is possible. It's not just possible, friends. It's necessary. Courage to obey God when you're facing overwhelming obstacles, when it seems like everything in the world is against you. Courage to obey. 
Courage to stand with God and speak God's truth in a world that's going madder by the moment. Listen, friends, we can't, this is not time for silence of the lambs. The, the followers of Jesus have got to speak up. We cannot be silent. We can't shy away from controversial issues. But we also can't be arrogant and mean-spirited. We've got to speak the truth in love, but we must speak with courage. Too many people are shying away in the name of love, being silent in the name of love. Listen. God couldn't have been any clearer to the prophet Ezekiel when he said these words. He said, listen, if you're silent, if you don't speak to the culture, if you don't let them know that they're perishing, their blood I will require on your hands. It's a serious issue, friends. There's got to be a newfound courage in us to speak the truth and love to a world that's going mad. Courage to go against the flow of a tempting, lust-filled, sinful world. Everything. You can't do anything or go anywhere, bring up any news article on the internet where there's not some pop-up or sales advertisement beckoning you to compromise your convictions and yield yourself over to some form of lust. Compromise. Friends, it's not about compromise. It's about conviction and courage. And it's got to enter our hearts afresh and anew. It is not all right for us to continue to compromise and say, oh, I'll just get forgiven later and then get on this treadmill of failure and forgiveness, failure and forgiveness, failure and forgiveness. At some point, we need to stand up courageously and say, hey, I'm not giving myself over to this anymore. I'm going to stare it in the face with courage and say, I know who I belong to and I know the type of life he's called me to live that's what's got to happen so the scriptures are filled with courageous acts that we have to do more than just kind of casually admire we have to passionately imitate these acts of courage let's go to jesus for example our ultimate example in all of this matthew chapter 26 verses 37 through 39 There in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And Jesus began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. So he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Can I tell you something that Jesus teaches us about courage, friends? Listen to this. Courage isn't the total absence of anxiety, sorrow, or distress. Courage just pushes through all of those things while you're feeling it in order to do the will of God. I think the devil has successfully lied to many of us and taught us that this, hey, if we're feeling distressed, if we're feeling anxious or fearful, we're not being courageous. That's not the truth. Jesus felt every one of those things. But here's what he didn't let it do. He didn't let it paralyze him from doing God's will. You can feel all the terror and the torment and the anxiety and the fear. You can feel all of that. Just don't stop moving toward God's will. Keep moving. That's what courage is. It keeps moving even in the face of unspeakable pain, unspeakable opposition, unspeakable tragedy, heartbreak. Courage says, 
we will continue. I love what C.S. Lewis says about courage. He said, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but it's the form of every virtue at the testing point. Courage isn't just one of the many virtues that God's called us to, to live with and live by. Courage is the form of every virtue when it's being tested at the testing point. If you just take the virtue of obedience, uh, op- obedience, listen, when, when it's being tested to the max, when whether you're going to obey or disobey is at that critical mass moment, that's when courage steps in and says, I will obey no matter what. Courage. It's not just one of the virtues. It is the form of every virtue at that moment of blast furnace testing. Courage. The disciples learned much from Jesus' example of courage. Very interesting observation in the book of Acts. I would challenge you to do this. You don't have to read every uh, word in the in the book, but you can scale through it pretty quickly and find this out. Every single chapter, all 28 chapters in the book of Acts will have at least one example of courage. Every single chapter, at least one example. What does that tell us? It tells us that courage was a defining characteristic of the first century church and it's got to be a defining characteristic of the 21st century church. We've got to get back to that. Courage in the book of Acts, I believe, is summarized in two passages. Acts chapter 4 verses 19 and 20. When the Pharisees are hounding the early disciples, telling him not to preach or teach or speak in the name of Jesus, lest they be imprisoned and persecuted. Look at how they responded. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. It's not just Peter and John. It's the Apostle Paul as well. And so later on in the book, Acts chapter 20, verses 22 through 24. What's Paul's example of courage? He said, and see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city. Imagine this, saying that chains and tribulations await me, but none of these things move me, Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. What's what's in these two passages of scripture? It's the early disciples saying, I can't not speak. Or in other words, I must speak about my God encounter. I must speak about what I've seen and heard. And it doesn't matter how you threaten my life. It doesn't tell me that you're telling me not to. It doesn't tell me that you're telling me not to. And I'll be persecuted or imprisoned. I can't help it. I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to talk about what he's done in my life and what he means to me. I've got to obey God and not man. I'm not moved by my trials. It doesn't matter that change and tribulations await me. It doesn't matter. Could you imagine... The Holy Spirit speaking to you and saying to you, 
Hey, bro, from here on, here's my promise to you. Every city you go, chains and tribulations await you. Isn't that a blessing? There's no bumper stickers with that verse on it, is there? No greeting cards with that. No refrigerator magnets with that promise. But what's Paul saying? I don't care. This isn't about me, my life, or my comfort. It's the same thing Jesus said in Gethsemane. God, this would be great if this went away, but it's not about this going away. It's about me being courageously faithful to what you've called me to, no matter what. That's what spiritual courage is. So if Christians are going to regain courage in the 21st century, we've got to find the source of it. We've got to get back to the source of it. And I'm going to give you four quick things this morning. I'm sure there's probably more, but I know if you do these four, you'll at least get a fresh download of courage in your life. Number one, source of courage, God's presence with you. Without question. It is the number one most repeated example and reason why you as a follower of Jesus can be courageous no matter what comes your way. This is a foundational source of courage for you. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, blessed are those who can realize the divine companionship or God's presence, if you will, which was the apostles' source of courage and strength. Every humble believer can claim it and can rejoice in the possession of it. What is Spurgeon saying? It's God's presence. It's his divine companionship with us that is the very source of courage and strength. And he said, listen, it's available to everybody. It's not just for pastors, preachers, evangelists. It's not just for prophets. God's presence that produces courage and strength is available for every humble and hungry follower of Jesus. Get you some. Get you some courage by basking in God's presence and knowing that He walks with you. It doesn't matter if you've got 50 people at work who are against you and mock you as for being a follower of Jesus. When you walk into work with you and God, you're the majority. You're the majority. It's not poor, poor, pitiful me because I'm outnumbered 50 to 1. It's poor, poor, pitiful them because they're battling the great I am. And he's mine and I'm his. Courage. Courage. Courage because of God's presence. Moses and God both told Joshua to be strong and courageous because it was God himself who would go with Joshua. And so they told him over and over again. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 and 23. Moses says to Israel and to Joshua, Be strong and of a good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage, for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land with which I swore to them, and I will be with you. Again, God tells Joshua that as he was with Moses, so he would be with Joshua. He'll never leave or forsake him. God tells Joshua that as he was with Moses, so he will be with him wherever Joshua goes. What does this repetition tell me? It tells me that this issue of God's presence being a source for our courage is a slippery truth. 
God's got to say it over and over and over again to get it in our hearts because we're so used to feeling the opposition of the world. He's got to remind us to feel the favor of his presence. And so he says over and over again, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. You got this because I got this. Now you go in my strength, you go with my courage, and don't be afraid. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 and verse 9. God said to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Is that incredible? Because all kinds of people stood against him. But they didn't stand against him victoriously. And I love that. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want you to find three people sitting right close by and just tap them on the shoulder and say, God's with you. Go ahead right now. God's with you. Good, 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 good. That was only two. Find your third. We cannot miss the connection between between God commanding us to be courageous and Him guaranteeing His presence with us. Can I tell you one of the other things I love about this? God doesn't tell us, be courageous on your own. He doesn't say to you, go ahead, kid, you're all on your own. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go get them. He doesn't do that. What he says is, you can be strong, you can be brave, and you can be courageous. Not in your own strength, but because I go with you. Do you realize, follower of Jesus, that he's following you too? He's with you. The scripture says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for those whose hearts are loyal to him so that he can show himself strong on their behalf. It means God is literally looking for people who are loyal and faithful that he can attach himself to and show himself strong. And when he shows himself strong, I show myself courageous. God's presence A great example in the New Testament of Jesus' presence being a source of courage. Matthew 14, 27. The waves are rolling and crashing. The the winds are blowing. The disciples are terrified. And to top it off, Jesus is walking on the water. This is a little sketchy. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It's the Greek word for courageous. Jesus tells them, be courageous. It's I. In other words, I'm right here with you. Don't be afraid. We saw all the prayer requests up there. There are people right now that are going through storms. Waves are crashing. Winds are blowing. And if we're not careful, we begin to think, you know what? Where's God in all this? If he was for me, this wouldn't be happening. If he was strong, he would be stopping this. Friends, can I tell you, in the midst of your storm, just like the early disciples, Jesus is saying to you, like he said to them, don't be afraid, I'm right here. Now, why isn't he stopping your storm immediately? Because there's some depth of Christian growth that we're only going to experience on the other side of the storms of life. 
And when Jesus in his sovereignty finally does stop the storm, we realize great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Because right when I was ready to give up, right when the waves were going to crash over me, he said, be still. And the waves stopped. And so you're in a storm. Okay. I'm sorry for that. On a natural level, I'm sorry for your storm. But we all have them. And Jesus is good even in the midst of it. Be courageous. He's right there with you. And in his sovereign time, he's going to make it stop. You're going to make it to the other side. God's presence with us is a source of courage. Number two, God's spirit upon you is a source of courage. Jesus told the early disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power. This is the Greek word dunamis where we get our English word dynamite. But you shall receive dynamic power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Friends, without question, when God's Spirit fills you, power, courage, and boldness to be a witness for Jesus happens. We see it all throughout the book of Acts. In fact, we see it prior to that. John chapter 20, the disciples get filled with the Holy Spirit. Those same disciples get filled again with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Those same disciples get filled again with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 4, which is exactly what the Apostle Paul taught in Ephesians 5.18, to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Friends, this issue of the Holy Spirit isn't negotiable. We, we can't say that we don't need the Holy Spirit's presence and power in our lives. We can't say that died with the last apostle. That's bad theology. It just is. We need to find ourselves in a place of desperate, hungry obedience like the early disciples who realized we need the power of God's Spirit if we're going to be bold and courageous. When's the last time, friends? When's the last time? I'm not saying this to condemn anybody, but I'm saying this to challenge you and stir you up. When's the last time with hunger in your heart, maybe, you got down on your knees before God and said, Oh God, I'm in desperate need. Would you fill me afresh, oh God, with the power of your spirit? I, I can't live on yesterday's experience. I need fresh manna today. For the ministry that you've called me to, God, I'm not leaving my house. I'm not going to work, oh God, without saying, God, I need you. Fill me afresh. Fill me anew. I believe the promise, Luke 11, 13, God, that you're a good father and you will give the Holy Spirit to them that ask, which means to beg and to crave. Friends, we can't pray a two-cent prayer asking for the power of God's Spirit and expect a million-dollar answer. When's the last time you humbled yourself and sought God for a fresh outpouring of His Spirit on your life? Get out of the lazy boy. Leave country club Christianity behind and jump into the water where it's stormy and with courage walk with Jesus. It's possible. It's necessary. God's spirit, boldness seen in the book of Acts, boldness prayed for in the book of Acts, boldness demonstrated. 
through the power of the Spirit filling them. Number three, another source of courage is believing God's promises. It's hearing God's word and saying, this promise, it means me. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. It's, it's believing this. It's, it's Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1. It's, it's mixing the word of God with faith so that it will benefit us. Friends, we can't just hope for the promises. We've got to believe the promises. Not just hope that God will do something and then just kind of casually blow it off. No, we've got to be people that believe the promises of God. When we do believe, courage is the result of that. I love what John MacArthur says about this. He said, we don't have great faith by having great courage. We have great courage when we have great faith. Faith in the promises. Faith in the goodness. Faith in the power of God. Joshua chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 5. God said to Joshua again, Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you. As I said to Moses, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And there's those words again, I will not leave you nor forsake you. God's promise God promised them what? The promised land. God promised them new territory to flourish in just like he has us. He said, every place the sole of your foot treads, it's yours. I've given it to you. You walk and take and conquer as much territory as you want. I've given it all to you. Nobody's going to be able to stand against you all the days of your life. I love this, friends. As a follower of Jesus, I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from a victory that's already happened. And then he says those words again. I will not leave you or forsake you. Beloved, when you believe God's promises, you'll have the courage to do and to have whatever God's promise is for you. Whatever spiritual territory God has promised you, it's yours. And no one can keep you from it. But can I tell you something that will keep you from it? A lack of courage. Because every single thing that God promises us is going to come with a challenge and an obstacle. And you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to courageously go after this thing? Or am I going to sit back sheepishly and just see what happens? No, man, we've got to, we've got to get in God's presence and know that He goes with us. We've got to experience God's power. We've got to believe God's promises. And when that happens, courage rises up within all of us. Finally, number four, knowing and obeying your calling is a huge source of courage. Because when you know and obey your calling, it produces courage in you because you know that God and God alone has called you to whatever it is. Joshua 1.6, again, be strong and of a good courage. For to this people, God said to Joshua, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Joshua was called by God. Think of the responsibility of this, friends. Joshua was called by God to divide an inheritance to other people. Joshua had something to do so that other people could have what God had promised them. 
Joshua had to cooperate, cooperate with God so that these people over here could get what God ultimately had for them. Radical, radical responsibility. It's the exact same for us, friends. My dear friend, Dr. Mark Rutland, who I believe is the greatest preacher alive in America today, tells the story, 16 years old, lost as a ball in high weeds at a, a youth camp that he didn't want to be at. Some crusty, decrepit old 45-year-old preacher up there gave the altar call. And Mark said, I can't fully explain this. He said, but I knew if I didn't respond to the altar call and say yes to Jesus, there was going to be people who didn't find Jesus because of my disobedience. He said, I knew and understood. I had a role to play. I had a part to play. I needed to cooperate so that someone else could have their inheritance. And I wasn't going to neglect the calling on my life and prevent others from coming to Christ. Friends, do you realize that we are the beneficiary of followers of Jesus from 2,000 years ago? We sit on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. We love Jesus today because for 2,000 years the church operated in courage, destiny, and calling. Now it's our turn. There is an inheritance that we need to pass on to the next generation. And it's not going to happen if we have cruise ship mentality. We need to be a part of a mighty armada that is a, a, war, a warring vessel. Not sitting back waiting for some bellhop to come serve you some drink with an umbrella in it. But part of a, a sailing ship, a working vessel. It says, I'm going to do my part so that others can get what God has promised them. Is anybody hearing this this morning? Courage. Courage. Courage comes from God's presence. Courage comes from God's spirit. Courage comes from believing God's promises. And courage comes from knowing and obeying your calling because you know that God has called you to it. Courage. It's got to revisit us, friends. There's got to be a fresh outpouring of it. Lest we go the way of the lukewarm Laodicean church that is useless for the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to end real quickly on... A bit of a more personal note. I want to ask every single one of you. You're here and you've listened to me for the last 35 minutes. More importantly, I hope you've heard God. And you know that whatever it is that's going on in your life, I wouldn't even pretend to know the various circumstances that are represented here. But you know that right now you need courage for what you're facing. I don't mean just in a general sense, although every single one of us need an increase in courage. I'm saying specifically, God has spoken to you and, and you say, you know what, Pastor Steve, this is right where I'm at. I need some fresh courage. I need courage in my life right now. Now listen, bowing your head and closing your eyes is fine on some Sundays, but not when we talk about courage. Right where you're at this morning, you need a fresh download of courage. Right where you're at, I want you to stand to your feet right now, all over the room. Go ahead. You, you know what it is. 
Get this. Well, we're going to have to adopt a change in procedure. What I was going to say, if there's someone around you standing, I want those of you who are sitting to gently lay your hand on someone who's standing. But look at the room. So here's what I want you to do. As, as best you can, if you're standing on your feet, uh, just find someone to touch. The Bible says that we need to pray for one another and that we need to bear one another's burdens. If you're sitting down and there's someone around you that doesn't have a hand on them, please get up, take the liberty and pray. I, I hope everybody who stood has a hand on them. And we're going to pray quickly. Father, in the matchless powerful, wonderful, resurrected name of Jesus. We pray for every single one of your sons and daughters that are here right now standing before the throne of grace and courage. Now, Father, we're asking you in the name of Jesus, wherever there is fear that has been paralyzing and debilitating, that it would be vanquished in the name of Jesus. Where, God, there's been passivity, where there's been lukewarmness, God, where there's been anxiety that just holds people back. God, maybe even where there's been outright cowardice and not courage. Father, we ask that all of those debilitating things would be consumed by the power of a heavenly courage. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on your precious loved ones here. Spirit of the living God, fall on your sons and your daughters. Give them a heavenly courage to overcome hellish circumstances. Be strong and victorious. Now you receive courage from heaven, friend. And you leave here changed, determined to not let that courage waver. You stay in God's presence. You get filled with God's spirit. You believe God's promise. You do all that, and then you know your calling and move with courage. In Jesus' name, and God's expectant people said, Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this special service from Calvary Albuquerque, featuring our guest speaker, Steve Berger. Were you challenged by what you learned? Let us know. Email us at mystory@calvaryabq.org. And just a reminder, you can give financially to this work at calvaryabq.org. Thank you for listening to this message from Calvary Albuquerque.